0: Hi, I'm Paul Strack and I, along with Mark Fortune, want to welcome you to our latest episode of Slow to Respond. During this time, we will explore the good, the bad, and yes, sometimes the ugly of what it takes to successfully market small businesses. We will look at the unusual or even the absurd ways we small business owners promote our services and products. And when it's all over, we hope you will have some takeaway tips and maybe even a laugh or two, even if you're laughing at us. In each episode, we will take a lighthearted look at marketing efforts that for one reason or another may cause the intended audience to be slow to respond. Well, greetings, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Slow to Respond. I'm here along with my colleague, Mark Fortune. Hello, Mark. How are you today, sir? Hey, Paul. I'm good. How are you doing? Good. You know, we uh, this past weekend, we went took a nice scenic trip up to Pettygene. Beautiful this time love of year.
1: I Mountain. What all did you guys do up there? Oh, it is
0: a little bit of hiking, but what I like about Petty Jean also is some of the farmland you see. We saw cows, and most interesting enough, I could tell from driving on up, there have been some cows that had recently had babies. Oh, how could you tell that the cows had had babies? Because they were decaffeinated. That's, that's... Uh, <laughs> that's, great. Once again, our bad marketing <laughs> joker, that's plainly a bad joke, bad joke of the day. That leads us into this session's topic coffee obviously but i am very excited and very pleased to have our guest today along with us amy counts of nexus coffee and created located in the heart of the river market 301 clinton drive clinton road there in downtown little rock so amy it is our pleasure to have you you've got I've worked with you over the past four or five months and loved your story and love your enthusiasm and love what you've done from a marketing standpoint. So I'm very excited to have you join us today and talk marketing and small business marketing.
2: Thank you so much for having us. Paul, Mark, I I look forward to talking with you all. This is a journey that we're on and having the opportunity to um, be on here with y'all this morning means a lot to us. Any chance we can share a little bit of our story and learn from one another, I'm in, I'm game. So thank you.
1: Well, let's just let's kind of start is how the journey began. I mean, tell us a little bit about the background of of your background and how you came to start Nexus Coffee and, and how the how the business came to be.
2: Yeah. So really for us, you know, we all I, I say we we started on a napkin back in the fall of uh, 2016. I was actually sitting at a cafe table across from my dad and we were Um, I just was at a time in my life. I'm I'm born and raised in Little Rock. And I I went to the U of A and I kind of grew up in my, my private school sphere bubble. And when I started moving and living downtown, I just felt this urge to create a space, an inclusive space that hosted creative events and made people feel welcomed. And so we were sitting across each other. I wrote some chicken scratch on a napkin. I said, I'm going to put my two weeks in at the end of this year at my job, my day job, my nine to five at the desk. And I was in the hospitality still at the time community. And I got to know a lot of restauranteurs and hoteliers. And I just saw that, yes, the wrapping is different for everybody, but the heartbeat is the same. People want a gathering place. So that napkin kind of turned into a business plan, turned into a I got a minority small business loan that turned into finding a space here downtown in the river market. And we opened our doors in that following summer of 2017 in July. And uh, we had no clue what we were doing. (laughs) And uh, it's been a lot of learning along the way. But I think that's what it's about is, you know, our goal is to always be evolving and learning. So since we've expanded and added a roastery, a bakery, a bakery, And we want to continue to model a work share space in the future. So our goal is how can we, how can we grow? And it's just been one step at a time. And uh, we're just thankful for what Nexus means. It means a connecting point, kind of a central place to gather. And um, that's what we want to be. And we want to be kind of a light in the community. So we rebranded as a lighthouse in 2020 and um, we're kind of going after a new feel and look here. Um, and yeah, we're just, we're just thankful. We love Little Rock. We love downtown and, um, our creatives, as we say.
1: Well, let me, let me ask one other question real quick. Cause I was just back in the shop for the first time in a while, thanks to the pandemic. Um, but I love the space. I've always loved the space, but I didn't realize, and this is just my own ignorance that you guys had expanded into the adjoining space. Tell us a little bit about how that came to Came to be,
2: and it's wild, Mark, because literally we just doubled in size. When we first walked into the original space, I, I just said, you know, this would be a great, great bowling alley, just <laughs> down the way, you know, just long shot. Well, the space next to us is beautiful. It had these big windows and some brick, and um, and we just we loved it, and we had the opportunity actually the business next to us was a little mercantile and he got deployed to Kuwait to serve abroad. And he said, Hey, I'm leaving and our family's moving to hot Springs. What do you think? What are you up to? I said, well, we need more space. And I don't know what this is going to look like. If they're going to let us knock a wall down, they ended up letting us do it. This building has 115 years of history and it actually used to be one big building upstairs and downstairs. So our goal is to slowly, Reopen it. And with the expansion, we, you know, you saw we've got the performance stage and we have a mercantile, a local shop and a roastery. And that gave us the opportunity to be not just a coffee shop, but now a business. And that was our goal is how can we move into that transition to where our team felt like they were a part of more than just as much as we love coffee, making coffee all day. We have opportunities now, you know, to serve the community and our team and invest in them. Um, because lattes unfortunately don't pay the bills, y'all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Amy, our podcast that we call Slow to Respond, we we like to highlight ways that marketing techniques or tips or tricks that allow our customers to be quick to respond we don't want them to be slow to respond and obviously you have somehow found a trick to get people to respond to your offerings there at 301 President Clinton Avenue what do you what would you attribute some of the most positive aspects of your marketing what what has really set you apart or what do you recall have been some of your most um, effective campaign tools or tips that you've had over the past few years to, to continue your success?
2: Well, I always say, you know, our team is our best free marketing tool. When you think about it in terms of marketing, when we invest in them and they can go out in the community and be that word of mouth, and we take care of our own, that has really been a game changer for us. It's taking care of our own, taking care of our tribe and our village here at Nexus. So it's an inside out effect instead of the outside in. So marketing for us has been more centralized, focusing on the gifts of our team, the strengths of our team. So it started with empowerment, benefits, and salary. You know, as a coffee shop, you couldn't really do all those things the first few years. And then the pandemic hit. So we're rebuilding this year into a new model and they can actually be So that has been a really big shift for us alongside utilizing Um, A strength of one of our team members, which is um, social media, you know, being able to access um, different platforms. And for us, you know, we're people, coffee shops, especially are very visual. So Instagram is a very large platform for us to be able to uh, showcase visuals and content that way. And that's been a really big audience for us, knowing our raving fans. So uh, we use Facebook event pages for our community events you know music and art shows all channel through there and then we also you know we've got the we've got a tiktok app too and we do fun dances and reels on friday and um it's just an opportunity to meet an online audience in a kind of a a free way that's still really impactful Um, and being creative with it most importantly so i would say our team our social media platforms and then identifying our raving fans so marketing to our raving fans via text message marketing, email campaigns, kind of customizing just for them, what are they wearing? What do they look like? So identifying that group of people and then how we can get content out to them on a regular basis, on a weekly basis. So it's always in you know the forefront of their mind of what we're up to and how they can be connected with us. Um, so those have been kind of our three areas we've we've reshaped for marketing, especially because of 2020 it allowed us to completely refocus everything.
0: On the the social media outreach, tell us a little bit about how that is planned, how that is managed. Do you do that? Do you have somebody on staff? I mean, is, is it something you coordinate on a regular basis or is it just spur of the moment organic social media?
2: I think with social media, having a plan is really the way to go based off our experience. So we have a... Uh, director of Marketing and Branding. His name is Jake and he does everything for us social media wise. We actually have a, a contract photographer as well, Lucy Bear. And so she works 10 hours a week doing photography, video and content. And Jake is in charge of pushing it out and doing the storytelling in our community. And so we just give, you know, a chunk of hours to a couple different people, mainly Jake with the creative direction, and then allow them to have a little freedom while, you know, we have a weekly Um, team updates, and then monthly team gatherings. And so, it gives us a chance to process what's next, what's coming up seasonally, what events are coming down the pipeline the next month, you know, what is December going to look like for us this year. And so, it kind of allows us to have more of a, like, social media strategy of what we need to prepare for. But finding someone who has the strength in planning and preparing social media content and scheduling it every week is great, even if it's five hours a week, you dedicate just for someone doing that and getting, you know, daily content on stories and daily live content as you go. You know, we have a huge audience out there that wants to meet us online, you know, that either have been here or want to come here. And it's important we capture that and recognizing that. So that that's definitely been big for me. I hop on sometimes, but I don't. That's my strength is actually more in doing things like this and community outreach. And so finding someone on your team that is has a gift in that a strength in that and letting them own it is great alongside you with your direction.
1: I would, uh, something I want to point out that Amy, a point that Amy made that is really important, I think, for our listeners to understand, like Paul indicated in his question, it looks spontaneous, right? If you look at Nexus's properties, Instagram, their website, Facebook, and TikTok, it looks like it's spontaneous, but it's planned, right? And so much of what we run into and I run into with my clients is they think social media is just, I'm going to point a camera at somebody, when I feel like it and it just won't happen. If you don't have a plan and don't put that structure in place it's going to be tough to maintain so that's very that's something really important for our audience to remember I think. And I think
0: the uh, one other important part is as she mentioned she does outsource part of that. We often as small business owners think we can do it all. We, uh, I mean, if we're entrepreneurs we like wearing many hats but sometimes we've got to recognize the fact that we can't do it all. There are other people who can make better use of their time in um, outsourcing, whether it's social media, whether it's marketing, whether it's you know it could be anything. Um, it could be it, uh, in my office the equipment repairs. We can't do that, so we've got to find somebody to do that when some of our printing equipment breaks down. So I think that's a great lesson we learned. Even though we like to think we can do it all, sometimes it's a smarter move to outsource some of these things to help us be more effective.
2: Absolutely, yeah, you you got it. I mean, both of y'all. Um, hit the nail on the head. And, and Paul, what you said, I mean, sometimes the smartest thing is to outsource it and is to budget for that because of what... Even if it's something more mechanical or physical, that's still a good same. We've got equipment that breaks down or something more creative, you know, and both of those matter and, and setting aside a budget for it can actually help bring in more people and bigger audience, um, you know, more revenue and just more impact. You know, I think that it's kind of like creating a village. You know, you think, are they, do they have to just be W-2? No, they don't. You know, a village is more than that and just kind of gathering your your team.
0: Talk a little bit about, we know what the coffee is. Talk a little bit about the creative. I think that goes to the community aspect and I think that's one of the distinguishing features of your business. What what does the creative side of Nexus mean?
2: I love talking about it because I say we're founded on the C's and we're reestablishing those values that came from a really crazy time has allowed us to shift our values out of 2020. So that's been kind of our, our gratitude there. Um, So we're founded on the C's, you know, coffee, creative, community, and connection. And the creative to me, we put that in the brand just because that was really a big kind of mission of ours you know, and vision for the community. So kind of the internal mission being a safe space um, that's inclusive and, and um, accepting of everyone. That's kind of our secret mission, but our company vision is um, fostering a um, community connective place for creatives. And so that's kind of what the community knows us for. So allowing our uh, artists, our to um, come in here, our makers to have pop-up events, 100% of those sales go back to them. And we do that because we want them to feel supported and we want them to come back and support us. Um, so we have maker shows, art second Friday art night. We do live music on Saturdays. I mean, just allowing us to think of ways we can pour back into our Arkansas economy. I'm an Arkansas girl. I'm a Little Rock girl. And I want to give back to the place that raised me. I just that's really my big mission here. And that's what I'm doing for Arkansas as best we can. We're just one little piece of the pie. But I do think the more of us being aware of that, you know, how can we give back to our local economy and our people who live here and work here? And that's really, really impactful. And so the creatives is how can we capture an audience? I think all of us are creative. I do, you know, people walk in here and they're like, I love what you're doing. I just, I don't, I'm not really a creative. And I'll say, well, it doesn't have to be defined as paint and a canvas. Creative is really what, what is it that, gets you excited and passionate you know what is it that allows you to think outside the box and you know whether it's at work or not at work um you know what is it that kind of turns those creative wheels for you because it can be all things cooking or gardening or um being out in nature or you know finding creative you know opportunities to do something different in your life um and I think sometimes we can box that in so I kind of remind people we all have it in us and, I, and it's just another opportunity to find it in you. If you don't, maybe you can find it with us, you know.
0: I know uh, over the past few weeks, my son, Michael, and I have, have made a habit. and I'm hoping we're going to do it today since it is Friday On Friday afternoons to go over to Nexus and, and try to get creative. It's tough sometimes when you're in the office to get away from everything and focus on. We, we have our marketing meetings there. So it's it's a great opportunity for us to just get away and you would be surprised at just any different environment you go to. Again, as you said, it doesn't have to be work related. It could be gardening or whatever, but you take a different environment, get some good coffee. uh, The wheels start turning. The aroma helps, I guess, feed the inspirations and that. And so it's a great opportunity. So
1: I I like that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'll add to it. So, you know, in the pandemic, I left my office and it became a home-based business and, you know, if I'm not careful, I'll realize, man, it's been three days since I left the house, right? And I, even though I'm a bit of an introvert, I got to get around other humans at some point. And my wife is telling me I got to get around other humans at some point. And it's great to just come and sit in Nexus. And even if it's not a specific meeting with somebody, just be in the environment is is really cool. And your expanded space makes that so much easier. It's, it's really great.
2: Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I do think, like you said, introverts, extroverts, wherever you fall on the scale. And, you know, we kind of find that it looks different for everybody, you know, and um, so recognizing that because that's our why here is community and the how is through coffee and all the other things we provide. So helping people identify that here is is important. And, you know, no matter where you fall on the on the scale there. Yeah, I'm with you. And especially in the times we're in and we're in and kind of coming out of. But that's not going anywhere. This hybrid model, this you know, work virtually, this flex, flex schedule is really valuable to people.
1: Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit more on kind of building on the creative side. Tell us a little bit more about your Saturday morning events and the live music and the second Friday art nights and all of that that goes on.
2: Yeah. So, you know, community events really is a big thing we love and we're focusing in on what we can do and how we can do it well. Um, so we launched um, a lot of events when we first opened and we've kind of had the scale to figure out what works. And um, we've got uh, Saturday brunch shows. So we try and do those almost on a weekly basis where we have a couple different musicians perform for a few hours, like nine to two. And, and so we have our our bakery, our baker, Miss Nona, who's now a partner with us, she's got different items available for Saturday brunch and we'll serve up drinks. You know, we offer mimosas and and beer and wine too, just for an event group or for a brunch group, just to have variety. And then we do Thursday trivia. It's one Thursday a month, usually towards the end of the month. And it's something themed every month. We promote it early and we have two co-hosts for it and we have prizes, and it's just a great way to bring people in. It brings good business for us, but it's also a community impact. So I always tell our team the win-win with these events is when it give something to the community and to us that's really our goal here um and then we do the second Friday art night walk which we're coming back into in the spring that kind of died off a little bit in 2020 so we're excited for that um and then on top of that people can rent our space and so if they want to use it for a company retreat a Christmas party a dinner rehearsal you know we'll have a few events like that a month where people rent the entire space and they can decorate it and and change the environment, and we'll do a drink menu or a pastry menu for them. So we just have options on how to bring people in groups in the space and how to host different events. And we have our annual holiday show. It's a Christmas um, concert in December every year, and that one's on December fourth on a Saturday night. So. 10 dollars at the door and we all dress up. So ways we can kind of keep traditions alive here but also think new uh, as well has been been helpful for us. And we promote those online and send those out in our newsletter every week and Facebook event pages is kind of where we host everything so people kind of know what's coming up.
0: Awesome. You told me last week or whenever we spoke last about the success of these Saturday events. Share with me, uh, Mark and I and our audience, you know, the line of people that come for these things on Saturday morning. I, w- I was just amazed at that.
2: Yes, yeah. my gosh. Saturdays, we call it the mothership day. I mean, that—that that is, especially when we put some events with it, like music or a maker show or a pop-up event. Um, and so we have to kind of mentally, physically prepare for Saturdays. It can be three times as busy as a weekday, like a Wednesday. And so for us, it's... Um, we kind of have a, our Saturday system, you know, but it's also a day where we get a lot of family members, a lot of kiddos and grandparents, and people walking the strip. The Little Rock Marathon is this weekend, so we're going to get a ton of people in and out. And, you know, our goal is how can we continue to, we don't like people waiting too long, so how can we continue to have a good system for Saturday to get get people in here, but allow them to feel engaged so they can sit down and actually experience the space, which is why we also expanded. So you don't feel like you had to leave. We, we want people to sit down and, and hang out and not like churn and burn model. Yes, we would love to get as many people in the line as possible, but we want you to experience the space too. And so that's important to us on Saturdays.
0: Awesome. You've One of the questions I've had, but you've answered several times already is what what separates you from the competition? And I think you've outlined that. So what I want to hear now, you've, you've talked a lot about things that work, some of your successes. Tell us, if you can, if you don't mind, maybe a marketing initiative that failed, that did not work, that people were slow to respond to, if you
2: can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm thinking about... Golly, I'm thinking about this past year. And so so there's so many times where things are going to not follow through. You're going to make mistakes and, you know, we can call them failures. But there are opportunities to learn, too, of what works and what doesn't work. Um, I would say, you know, out of this past year, we in 2020 were trying to Um, you know, reach our audience virtually for events. And that did not work how we wanted it to. It's not the same when you host a music night concert, you can stream it on Facebook and we would charge events or do donations online, but it didn't stick. We tried to keep it going. And what I realized was, okay, that just wasn't meant to work. You know, we tried it for a couple months and decided let's wait until we can reopen safely. Um, events because the virtual connection just didn't quite feel the same and we didn't have as much involvement and you know the musicians were giving two hours of their time or the artists and I think it really helped them have the opportunity to share and play and perform but it's not the same as an in-person event so we realized that virtual events really weren't going to stick for us so we stopped doing them until we could reopen and it just was a you know it to me, you know, how, how we marketed ourselves with it, we spent a lot of time doing that, and it just was time that wasn't spent in the way we should have. And, and that was just a learning through, really, last year of what worked and what didn't work. And some things sticked and some things didn't, and that was one that didn't.
0: I think, I know several nonprofits, you know, their major fundraisers were greatly affected by COVID during the past year, and they tried to host a virtual event, but, uh, some were successful, some due to technical glitches that could not have been avoided or foreseen. It just it, like you said, it's just not the same as an in-person event. Um, but we've all learned from that. So yeah, we, we are a community. We are social
1: animals and this it, things work better in person for the most part.
2: That's right.
1: So, Amy, I'm sure you've probably been approached by other people who are interested in starting small businesses or in your community. You've run across small business owners. What are what are your kind of top tips that you would give small business owners who are either just starting out or trying to figure out how to how to make it work?
2: You know, oh, there's so many, Um, you know, I would say (laughs) remember your why. I always go back to that. Remember your why. What is that? purpose that you have, that your team has to get up every morning. Um, And your why can translate into your personal and professional life. And it should. So I would say the big thing is remember your why and carry that through. Go back to that when you feel lost. Go back to that when you feel frustrated. Go back to that when you're dreaming and excited and have vision. I would also say, um, you know, a big thing is taking care of your team um, that's a huge thing. I tell them, our customers are always our top priority and that I want them to always feel that, but y'all are my top priority deep down. My secret mission is that y'all always feel the most prioritized in our business. Because if I don't prioritize you, if we don't prioritize each other, this is not going to work. And we've been there where we've opened up and hired good people, just not the right people. And we had turnover. And, you know, we had people for a year and six months. And But our goal is now with this crew, we have a core finally, and we want them to feel invested long term, that this can be a career or a stepping stone for them, or they can be invested long term in the business model. So it really this came out of 2020, a lot came out of it, realizing what we valued. So the why, and then taking care of your village. So that way, when they feel empowered, it can be just a simple affirmation or word of encouragement. You know, we started having more one-to-one meetings and more communications. We streamlined that more. And I think that's allowed the team to feel more in the loop and more like a voice at the table, which they do have here, um, you know, and Also doing things together as a team, you know, we might go eat out together, have a cookout or go have our Christmas party and figuring out fun ways within our culture, you know, to be together celebrating birthdays. I want to get to know their partners and family members and kiddos. I think that's important. We we do boxes in life, and I think that's can be okay. But to me, I think it should be integrated. And I, I think if they have a healthy, happy work environment, they can have a healthy, happy home environment. And if one's not doing well, it's going to affect the other. And I need to know that. And I want to help them, you know. And so I think that's really important to me. Um, we are a, as, as we say a family at Nexus um, it doesn't mean that you might not be best friends with everyone but it's kind of like you're at the Thanksgiving table and you you volunteer to do the dishes and you make a dish and you show up and you have each other's back and you don't have to agree on everything but there's trust and past, you know the mashed potatoes you know that's sort of our our thing here is how can we really you know, be at the table together. There's there's
1: the title of your book, Amy. Trust and, ma- and Pass the Mashed Potatoes.
2: <laughs> That's it. I love it. I love it. Okay. All right, Mark, you got it. We're working <laughs> on that now.
0: And you truly are a family business. Your dad's involved in the business with you, correct?
2: Yes, my dad, he is. Um, so we're an S-Core. So it's kind of set up like a board. And so he serves on the board with me and I'm very thankful for him. So he's an art owner in the business and known as another owner now. So we're thankful for her and, um, you know, trying to build up a leadership team here. So he's been huge. He's my maintenance man. And he's also been that soundboard when, you know, cause I just have like, gotten it wrong so many times. And he's been that soundboard for me. He had a business for a long time and did medical sales for 30 years. He's retired and working here three days a week. And and he's just a really great he's the shop dad, you know, so I'm thankful to have him. You know, I know some people get to work with their family members, as you know, Paul, and I think that's really special. Sometimes I have to step back and really say to myself, this is special. you know, and we have on the same team here. And um, I really try not to let it impact our relationship um, because, you know, it did at the beginning, you know, we would just butt heads. And "Ah," and now we're just, Hey, we're going to figure this out together, you know, and it's a generational thing too. We're two different generations running a business together, you know, and he's like, what is Instagram? And I'm like, (laughs) this is important time. He's like, I don't get it. We're, where are they? Is it so it's not in person? <laughs> so it's just kind of this thing, and he's starting to understand more, and I'm teaching him things, and he's teaching me things.
0: Yeah, now it like I said, having worked with both my mom and dad for nearly twenty five to thirty years, and now I have not one but two of our kids working for us. it's it's it is special. Um, I, I have people tell me how fortunate we are, and yeah, you do have. Family issues at times that you're going to have employee issues with anybody, family or not. But uh, I, I do find it quite a blessing to have experienced it both with my folks and now with my
1: kids. It's 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 fun. It is. So I have I have one very important question and then I'll let Paul start to wrap us up. Do you have the napkin? That the uh, business was designed on?
2: My husband and I moved into it Reed's house. I met him here, by the way, and it's just a cool thing. Okay, so when I moved into his house, the napkin was with me. This was 2019 when we got married. The napkin is somewhere somewhere in the house. We cannot find it. So I'm hoping that it it appears when we move out of that house into, you know, so right now it's lost somewhere in the home is what we think. So I think it's alive and it still has its heartbeat (laughs) somewhere, but I just haven't heard it. So I'm hoping it reveals itself to me. Um, So I, but I did hang on to it for a while and it, I mean, I, I, I thought I maybe had an old picture of it too, and I showed it to several people. Um, So they kind of have some, some of the OGs have a visual, so
1: um, well, you could recreate it, right, and put some coffee stains on it, make it look warm. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, yeah. I mean, it'd be easy yeah. enough.
2: Frame it, put it up front. Right. There it is.
1: it, right yeah.
2: I remember just kind of um, writing some words and, like, what I thought the shop could kind of look like. But the one word I wrote was community. I mean, that's what I really recall. Because at the time, we didn't really know. Um, yeah, you know, my dad was like, are you thinking a restaurant? Are you thinking – hospitality-wise, what – you know, where is your headspace? And I was like, my gosh, no, no, Lord, do not let us get into the restaurant industry. But what about, what about the the coffee shop community? And I was thinking about places I love to sit and hang out in Fayetteville when I was up in school there. And that's kind of where, you know, the words sort of came out. We were at Homer's Cafe. It was a Sunday afternoon and it was like two o'clock after church. So
0: there you go. Amy, what is your favorite coffee? We need to talk coffee here.
2: We do. And I want to hear about y'all's favorite drink, be it coffee or tea or whatever. I, I, When I get here in the morning, so we roast now, which is fun. So I'll have whatever we've roasted on drip. And then I'll put some oat milk in it. And then when I'm feeling um, bougie, as they say, I um, go to a latte with oat milk. I steam out milk, do espresso, and then I add honey, cinnamon, and vanilla. Wow. What do y'all like to drink? I need to—I love to know this about people. I feel like it allows me to know people better.
0: I like to have a little coffee with my cream and sugar. You know, I, get
2: that. <laughs> so, you know,
0: I did when I used to not be a coffee drinker for years. I resisted, and then obviously I fell prey to Starbucks and the white. Chocolate mocha, I guess, was always my go-to. Um, then here at home, you know, it's always the curing, just the plain coffee. But one of, one of the things I've really started enjoying more recently is the cold brew. I did not like. Uh, I, I didn't think I liked that, but I've tried cold brew in a few places. Um, I still enjoy, I, I, I do enjoy a sweeter coffee. Mark probably more sour than me in more ways than one. But um, I do enjoy sweeter coffee. But but the cold brew and some of the what they call the nitro brew, I'm enjoying those even even during the colder days. I like that.
2: Yes, those have an extra punch.
0: Yeah, is that what it is? That must be what it is. That's what it is. Mark,
1: what about you? Coffee black doesn't matter. Just I mean, so I didn't. I mean, so my I mean, but I consider myself a coffee snob, right? So really. Yeah. So, well, but in a weird sort of way. So it's got to be quality, right? Um, it has to taste good. Um, but black, I don't mess with putting any of that other stuff in it. I don't understand why people do that. Frankly, I'm intimidated looking at the menu of all the options of what to order. So I just get a good basic cup of preferably dark roast coffee, whatever the dark roast is. Well, I, you know, When I walk into Nexus, it's give me a bottomless mug of the Of the dark roast of the day and just go through it. I drink probably far, far too much coffee, but that's okay. I don't mind it. Um, but yeah, it's gotta be, and I try to stay away from the, the big chain places as much as I can. Um, my daughter, my, so my daughter's in Fayetteville now in, in school. So when I'm up there, she and I are making, or trying as, as, as ardently as we can to tour all of the local coffee shops that are up there because there's tons of them. And then we go to different ones down here and when she's in town, she'll be in town next week for Thanksgiving. So we'll have to drop by Nexus for sure. But yeah, it's just coffee black. Anything else intimidates me, but it has to be good quality. Like I can't my, my father here, the story in our family is my father-in-law was 40 years military and I, he is not allowed to make the coffee when we're hanging out together. Like I just can't handle that army sludge. Uh, whatever it is. Oof.
2: Sledge. Well, Mark, I, I appreciate that. Um, I think, you know, and you, when you kind of really like your palate starts to get into all that, you know, I never thought I could just shoot espresso and like it. It tastes, you know, motor oil and, and I'm over here so excited to have some espresso, you know, and so in tasting notes and where it comes from and, so what you need to try, Mark, when you're in next is we have a Zambian on pour over. It's dark and it's fruity and it's an African coffee and it's for the ho- it's for the winter. We, and we blended it with some Brazilian, but we have it just single origin right now and it's dark and it tastes like a cranberry, but like chocolatey. And so it's very good for Christmas. So I would love to make one of those for you when you come in. And Paul, have you tried our sweet potato latte?
0: I saw that last time. I did not try that. Michael may have, but that, yes, I think he tried that and I may have had a sip of that. So yeah, that, that's on my list. That, that was very tasty. I had some of your special Harry Potter drinks last. Oh, that's time. Right. I had those a few months ago. Those were fun, but yeah, I'll try, I'll try it. Especially, like I said, I gravitate more towards the sweeter ones for whatever reason, but, um,
1: I'll have to try. I'll have to try that.
2: Yes, we'll make that for you.
1: Well, as we wrap up, Amy, make sure just so that we make sure it's on there. Tell us where to find you, social properties, location of the business. Give us all the details.
2: Okay, so we're Nexus Coffee and Creative in the heart of downtown Little Rock. We're at 301 Um President Clinton Avenue, right on the corner here of Cumberland and the Harp. Our website is NexusCoffeeAr.com. We've rebranded on there. So check it out. And then, it looks good too. Oh, thanks. We're we're evolving it as we go. Um, our social platforms are Nexus Coffee AR on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. You can find us on there. And, um, of course, more than anything, we would love for, for folks to come meet us, meet the team, come see the space. We want you to experience it with us, too.
0: It is a very cool space. I enjoy going over there. Well, Amy, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. And I think our audience will feel the same way. We're so fortunate to have you today and thank you for sharing your story and your time and wish you the best continued success going forward. Yes. Thanks, Amy.
2: Thank you both. Appreciate you both. And um, honored to be on this morning. I look forward to seeing y'all soon for some coffee.
0: Yes, you bet. I took notes. And speaking of coffee, that is another marketing trip to ensure if you can get your clients to drink coffee, they will not be slow to respond. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, everyone.